previously on See You in Another Life, Brothers. Well, thanks for coming to this job interview. Why are you interested in working here? To be honest, your ad caught my eye. Would you like to save the world? But this is for a chef position, right? Well, yeah, but uh, well, we all need to eat, right? Can't argue with that. By the way, uh, would you like some iced tea? Do you know how long it's been since I've seen ice? No. How long? A few hours. I looked for it high and low, checked every nook and cranny. Not every nook and cranny. Uh, anyway, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Huh, well, uh, mostly I play ping pong with my friend Hugo and do some online chess. Uh, but why are we pretending to play this little game when we both know it has moved to the next stage? You're right. I'm not who you think I am. I don't own this restaurant. I lured you here under false pretenses because I think you have tortured my wife and put her cat in a box of fireworks. Do you recognize her in this picture? Yes, that was me. I tortured her and her little cat, too. All right. Well, now I have to beat you. So, uh, no iced tea, then? Hey everybody, welcome to See You in Another Life, brothers, and uh, yo bro, if there's been an incursion by the hostiles, enter 7-7. Seven, seven. Uh, I don't know what that means in this context, because we're not on an island with hostiles. Enter 7-7, seven, seven. do it now. Do it now! Wait, did did you rig my house to explode if I do this? Maybe. I feel like that's an important thing for me to know. Just enter 7-7. Seven, seven. Just do it. Nothing's, nothing bad's gonna happen. Don't <laughs> worry. <laughs> now I know I'm, why you I'm, didn't want me to win that chess game. <laughs> I'm a little bit afraid of following in the footsteps of a clearly boneheaded lock. <laughs> this is a... This episode is John Locke at his finest. I, <laughs> I, I, as I'm watching, I'm going, oh, yeah, this is the one where Locke uh, just checks out and plays chess. Um, all right. I, cool. I do, think you do a, you, Locke. I feel like recently in a, in a previous episode, I said something like, I feel like there's a boneheaded Locke move coming up, but I don't remember what it was. Yeah. and. You were like, oh, it's coming. And as soon as this episode started, I was like, oh, I think this is it. I, I think I probably wasn't even thinking about this one. <laughs> this is a, this is a <laughs> there's bonus. There's more. Yeah, there's more. Uh, season three is full of them. I mean, there's some really big, like, tentpole, like, lock, boneheaded. Yes. <laughs> Just like the classic, the signature moments for John. Uh, but you got to love him. I mean, he just wanted to. You know, everything's kind of intense right now, so I'm just going to check out and play some chess on the computer while my friends are, you know, dealing with this weird eye patch guy, and he might be the others. Who knows? I'm going to play chess. Yeah, there there are a couple moments in this episode that um, 
with Locke that just really make me laugh. <laughs> and I love it. Yeah, this is going to be fun. But, uh, but of course, we can't talk all about Locke because this is the return of the previous MVP, the season two MVP. Mm-hmm. Uh, not having a great season three, but hey, you know what? This is his episode. This is his time to shine. What's Saeed going to do to blow us away? It, I can sense it. It's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's going to do it. He is back. He's I back. uh, there, There's something about Saeed just um, calmly, logically kind of taking charge and, yeah. you know, just like figuring stuff out throughout the episode. And it's just fun to watch. You know, it's good to see him back doing that. So, yeah, that mm-hmm. made me really happy. Yeah, he's he's like our, he's the professor. He's our favorite master detective, basically. And he really does some fine work in this episode. The thing with the saddle yeah. and, uh, you know, noticing the, the cat pulling up the rug and being like, that's where it is and stuff like that. Yeah. Just, it's like he's sharp, man. Even when he's got a bullet in his arm, he is fully in control. And that's mm-hmm. why he was such a good soldier. Yeah. Yeah. There's there are a few things in this episode. There's even some stuff in the in like the flashback that I love where you just see Saeed Saeed like does the math so quickly in his mind so many times uh, mm-hmm. and is able to calmly just do what he needs to do. Um and it's just yeah, he's just a fun character to watch. He's he's a, a very well utilized uh, character for sure. Mm-hmm. But the great thing about this episode and and Saeed episodes in general is it you know it, Saeed's not perfect obviously, and his his basically his kryptonite is things he doesn't fully understand or things that like he he's, he's very rational, but mm-hmm. it's like on the island when he says, John, you know, you got that compass bearing. We're going to talk about a rational solution. And then all of a sudden, there, here we are. We actually found what we're looking for based on this compass bearing. And Saeed's yeah. kind of like, okay, I'll just kind of uh, ignore that and just focus on what I <laughs> But that's really, you know, in this episode, Saeed is dealing with, you know, more of a, on the things on the spiritual side are the the side that's you can't really logic it away mm. and he has to come face to face with it and we see his response yeah yeah that's well put yeah i i like how right from the beginning we're kind of seeing um like i like how the episode is in a way bookended with saeed and john's different perspectives on mm-hmm. <laughs> what they should do and how they should proceed. Um, And how it begins with Saeed being basically like, Hey, we're going to be logical about this. And then they're just immediately thrust into this unknown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk first about, uh, I think we we have to start with the flashbacks because you always got to start in the past before you move to the present. So Mm -hmm. I feel like Saeed in these flashbacks, uh, we find him uh, as a chef. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Never knew going Saeed by the chef. Yeah, going by the name Najeev. Yeah. Hmm. 
And apparently he's in, is it France? Is that where we're led to believe, or Paris? Um, I have I actually no idea where they're supposed to be. Because at the end she mentions that when we first came to Paris, I didn't leave. So he's, he's not in his oh. native land, basically. And, uh-huh. and we know he's, I mean, it might be Paris, might be somewhere else, but it's in mm-hmm. the Syrian quarter, I think, because he's pretending to be Syrian. Right. Um, instead of Iraqi. So it's very mm-hmm. important to point out, Saeed has basically abandoned everything about his identity. His name, his profession, mm-hmm. his, his, where he comes from, it's all gone. And so now he's a chef. He's trying to, and basically the way I'll put it is he's trying to, he's tried to cut off his past. Like mm-hmm. he's tried to completely suppress that, ignore it. Um, because I think as we find in this episode, he is, he can't handle it. Basically. He mm-hmm. can't handle that. That's who he was. Yeah. Yeah. I, it definitely feels like until later when he says, when he admits that his name is Saeed, mm-hmm. um, he wants to believe that he is not the same person that he was. Um, and even at the same time, I like his uh, guardedness in this scene where it's like someone wants to talk to me, you know, and immediately he's like suspicious of this guy who wants to hire him, you know, and, and all that stuff. Uh, so he still has to keep his guard up, but he wants to believe that he can move on. Yeah, I love that. Uh, that I noticed that moment where he's coming out. Uh, the guy tells him there's someone to see him. He comes out and he's mm-hmm. got that look on his face like he's in, he's annoyed. And the way I mm-hmm. <laughs> know you could say he's suspicious of the guy. But I think it's more just like, oh, no, another person's complaining about my cooking. I also thought of that. Yeah, yeah like there might he's not be, a chef. You right? know, <laughs> yeah, that's true. This is his cover job, basically. He's trying to start. <laughs> he's trying to his new identity. He's in the witness protection program. And it's like he's a he's a chef. It makes me think of the show that you've watched. And I just started watching uh, a man who's working in a Cinnabon restaurant. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> Saul, who, you know, he's not that, <laughs> but yep. this is where he is now. So, no spoilers. He's got to hide in plain sight. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no but, spoilers. Uh, he's, so, Saeed is hiding in plain sight. Unfortunately, this man knows who he is, but he's playing coy, of course. And I love how he wins him over by trying to, you know, he says, you're just as much as Iraqi as I am. And... Mm-hmm. I'm hiring you because we're both outsiders, sort of. Saeed is a very logical man, but and I think he's right to be rightly suspicious here, but he's thrown off by kind of a connection uh, of sort of what seems to be a man having sympathy or sympathy for him. And uh, mm-hmm. and so that lulls him into a false sense of security. Yeah. yeah. Well, and... I also have to say the guy playing Sammy, I did I don't didn't look up his name or anything, but um mm-hmm. the actor who plays him does a there there are some great guest spots on this episode, but he does a great job of selling himself in this scene as a guy who is truly being friendly with him. Yeah. Because like by the end, you buy the fact that Saeed would buy it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Saeed is so smart. But this guy, the way he cracks a joke at the end, like, 
my uh my chef just quit you know mm-hmm. and that whole thing like i'm kind of up against the wall right now you know it's like mm-hmm. uh you believe that saeed would buy it and i i think that's really well played yeah absolutely it's hard for i think naveen andrews um you know he saeed's a very stoic character mm-hmm. um and to show him kind of you know his soft side, which does come out here for a moment. Uh, yeah, he does a good job of suddenly. Saeed's kind of like, oh, that's what a relief sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he plays that well without saying anything. So Saeed takes him up on it, goes to his place. Seems like a nice place and everything, right? And all these guys yeah. are just sitting around. And, uh, you know, nothing bad's going to happen. It's going to be fine. Everything's fine. And then, he, you know, he said, hey, how's it going? And here's my wife. Oh, hey, it's your wife. That's cool and everything. And then someone grabs his arm. What the heck? <laughs> I'm just walking you through it. Rem- reminding you of how this, uh, this suddenly just goes horribly wrong. And I'm on the edge of my seat. What's going to happen next? He grabbed his arm. What's happening? Is this him? <laughs> yes, it's him. And then Saeed says the important line, look, mm-hmm. I don't know who you would think I am, which the, the the theme of this episode is most definitely identity, like throughout. Mm-hmm. They're playing a lot with that. And that's introduced here. Well, it was introduced when Saeed's doing a, a fake name and everything. But now, once mm-hmm. again, he's sort of disavowing any con- any semblance of a past basically that he had mm-hmm. but they're not having any of it because they know who he is mm-hmm. i love what i was kind of alluding to earlier um about you know saeed can do the math so quickly in his head you know and not yeah. give stuff away this scene is amazing when you like go back and rewatch it because like he admits later he's never forgotten her face. Yes. And when she walks up to him, you know, he immediately has to recognize her. But, you know, like Naveen Andrews, like you feel, I feel like when you rewatch it, you can see him play the part as a guy who like kind of understands what is happening, Hmm. but still conceals it, you know, like, um, He's like, pleasure to meet you, you know, you know, that whole thing. And um, and then he acts surprised when they grab him and stuff. But I feel like as soon as he saw her, he knew that something was about to go down. You know, like this is either a trap or she's going to recognize me, you know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that brings up a, a thing I wanted to ask. And I think so that that you think. Because there's two ways you can look at this. Does he remember? Yeah. Does he really remember her? As he mm-hmm. says that her face haunted him, or was mm-hmm. he, and he, was he remembering it here, or was he suppressing it? Was it was, was mm-hmm. it truly suppressed? Oh, interesting. Like, and then finally it was unlocked when she talks. I I think you're probably right. I think he mm-hmm. he does remember her, but he he's actively suppressing it as opposed to it's, you know, truly kind of a a memory that was locked away. Uh, yeah i just i think it's cool that this episode the flashback feels you know you could view it as kind of a very basic 
story and in some ways it kind of is retreading stuff we already have seen with Saeed like his remorse of torturing people and all that stuff but I like how um you can look at it a few different ways and interpret it differently you know based on the way you look at it and I think you could equally view it as you know potentially he has suppressed those memories or you know he actually understands what's happening and i think there are things that happen later too where you can view this episode very differently because it's kind of a basic storyline mm-hmm. um like they don't explain ev- all along the way what's going on in saeed's head um and so i feel like it's it's up to interpretation so i mean we've seen it before in the series with claire who completely you know the amnesia mm. from because yeah. it was so traumatic for her so mm-hmm. yeah but that's I, a good point i think you know i bring that up because it's like you could see it that way but i i think i tend to see it the way you're seeing it where he does truly remember her uh, mm-hmm. but he he really wants his past to be dead and buried but he can't yeah. bury it um and that brings us to the scene of course with sammy um you know he brings him a nice drink of water that was nice oh Aw, yeah, he's a he's a cool guy. And then he beats the snot out of him. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! Oh, but the water—you threw me off. <laughs> well, the chains should have given it away. <laughs> Said, the guy brings some water, and Said's like, "Uh, so about that job—is that still on the <laughs> table?" Or <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, did I? Is this uh, still the interview, or did I get it? Or uh... <laughs> what do I have to do to impress you, people? Is this? Uh, do I have to? Are you gonna bring me something to cook or something? Uh... <laughs> no. But once again, in the scene, Sammy says, "Do you not recognize the woman you tortured?" And then Saeed says, "No, you've confused me with someone else." Which I love that line. Because we see that Saeed is not just suppressing his past. He is he's very literally saying that's a different man. Like the, mm-hmm. su- the soldier Saeed is not Chef Saeed, basically. I'm Najeev now. I am really Najeev. I'm just going to live the rest of my life. Because that's, you know, we take it for granted that he becomes Saeed again and he goes along the rest of the way. Mm-hmm. But he was planning on living the rest of his life as kind of Najeev and just this, you know, being yeah. a chef, right? before yeah. this whole thing happens. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah. I, that's a really good point. And yeah, when, when like I was saying earlier, when he finally here mm-hmm. uh, kind of admits uh, that, yes, I am Saeed, it's interesting because, and here's where I think different interpretations can come into it. I feel like Saeed from the beginning understands that they are going to torture him Hmm. and like, and they just in this scene, it becomes clear to him. They just want him to admit what he's done. Um, but he doesn't to me, the way I interpret these scenes from this point going forward, when he, you know, kind of says like, I, I want you to admit what you did. Um, I think Saeed, wants to be punished mm. and so he doesn't that's why he doesn't admit 
Um, and I think there's different ways you can view it equally, but that's the way I tend to view this episode. And I feel like I've always viewed it that way where it's like, all he has to do is admit it, but he's just choosing to say, no, you've got the wrong guy because he wants him to punish him the way he punished her when he shouldn't have. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have different view of it or anything, but I, I'm curious about your thoughts. I think, yeah, there might be something to that. Uh, I think that, I mean, it could be, yeah, he wants, he feels like he can't, he can't admit it partially because mm-hmm. he just wants to endure the, su- he wants to suffer for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I tend to think in this scene that, so Saeed, because we see the layers starting to be peeled back, he admits mm-hmm. that he's Saeed. He admits that he yeah. was a torturer, but he still won't admit that he knows his wife. And yeah. the reason he won't, it's because they're getting closer to what he truly, he truly feels bad about. And it's not mm. that he, I mean, he, he feels bad he was a torturer, obviously. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the torturing. And I like how these these scenes, one after the other, are kind of they're peeling it back until we finally get to the center of it, I feel like. Um, yeah. But I, I do feel like he he it's not that he maybe it's not that he feels like he deserves punishment he's not going to admit it because he deserves punishment he's he's afraid he doesn't have the courage to fully confront it i don't think oh interesting so that's where i want to bring in solitary because Mm. If you remember, the crux of that episode is kind of a really fascinating scene with him and Nadia, where Nadia yeah. says, um, he, he, she says, come with me, basically. Leave. You know, stop being a soldier and go. And he says, I don't have your courage. And she says, mm. you have more than you know. And then she says, her the note is, I'll see you in the next life, if not this mm. one. Right? I, I think i'm getting that right yeah i think that's right yeah and the epiphany i had as i'm 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 thinking about that is that what she means by that is that you need to you need to fully surrender your soldier life and Mm. then become to finally have freedom um Mm. to there's some sacrifice you need to make ironically the the cowardly thing is to continue to be the soldier but the courageous thing is to admit that what you're doing is not necessarily the right thing obviously Mm. it's it's a this is a horrible thing you're doing with this torturing Mm -hmm. um but saeed doesn't have the courage to do that so here i think we're we're seeing it again and this is building upon that where saeed doesn't have the courage once again to admit that so he's He's still holding on, basically, to say mm-hmm. to say that he didn't do it, basically. Yeah, I think it's that's what I I really like that about this episode that you don't. Saeed doesn't have a monologue at the end where he explains exactly what he's been thinking this whole time. <laughs> you know, yeah. like like he 
he admits, you know, that he did it and everything. But we are kind of left to interpret, like, why did why did he endure the suffering throughout the episode? Um, and yeah, I feel like you could watch it multiple ways and look at it different ways. That's I like that interpretation, though, especially because it builds on solitary. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And so I want to go to the next scene, unless you had anything from the last scene. Um, nah. But this next scene, once again, Sammy comes in and he says, are you ready to tell the truth? And he says, I have told you the truth. Um, and he says, the truth is, I was, a, I, yes, my name is Saeed. I was a torturer. I did torture people, uh, but mm-hmm. I did not know your wife. So he's willing to stand on that truth. But then he said, then Sammy says, you did torture her you know, gives a few punches and everything. And Saeed says, no, I would never touch a woman. Yeah. Which now we're peeling back another layer. It's getting mm-hmm. closer because the fact that she's a woman now, he's he's not willing to go there, like torturing. Sure, I'll torture yeah. men. I'll torture these soldiers, these hardened soldiers and everything. But I would never torture a woman. Mm-hmm. Um which also makes you think of solitary because as we know, Nadia, yeah, I am going to have to hurt you now, basically. Mm-hmm. He's a he he did and that particular woman. So yeah. 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 We're getting closer. Yeah. And it you know, going into like the your interpretation of it, you know, and everything, like I feel like that can build on it with the idea of like that's that's such a uh shameful thing that he has done mm-hmm. um like and and he mentions you know that she's a woman specifically that is that he views that even as worse so it's like a even deeper part of himself that he doesn't want to go to uh that he's afraid to admit uh mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a really that's a really important line for the episode definitely and I think the the fact that he says it's not that he says I would never because I'm pretty sure the line, he says it very quickly and mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is touch. He says I would never touch a woman. It's not torture mm-hmm. a woman. I I would never even touch it because I and he makes you think of the religion, you know, his 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 religion, which is very mm-hmm. strict, of course, about that. And that don't even touch a woman. And yeah. so it makes you think also this is kind of on his on his faith, you know, as a Muslim, like mm-hmm. he doesn't want to admit that part of it because really what they're doing also probably is not pretty, not cool as far as that goes, like on a, from yeah. a very like devout perspective, um, obviously. <laughs> Frowned so, upon, I am sure. <laughs> perhaps. So he's that part of it too. So he's, he's that's why he doesn't want to go there. Yeah. But the other important thing about the scene is it continues as Sammy continues to, um, let's just say, vent his feelings. Um, mm-hmm. He he says, well, it's the, his wife during this whole thing, you see her, they cut to her a few times. And she's impor- mm-hmm. very important because she's observing all this now. She's in the room. Um, and... You can tell that obviously she stops it from going further, so she's very affected by it. But Sammy, in the midst of it, says, My wife confessed to something she did not do. She confessed to it when you poured boiling oil on her arms. 
I find that part very interesting. The fact that mm-hmm. he assumes he assumes she didn't do what she confessed to doing. Mm. We don't know that. And I I like to think, you know, we mm-hmm. never know. I like to interpret this episode from the framework that she did do something. Like she did commit war crimes. Ah. And she finally admits it. Kind of like Nadia. I believe Nadia actually did do uh-huh. what they were interrogating her. Maybe not. But so yeah. she is kind of dealing with the same thing Saeed's dealing with here, where she's kind of got this dissonance where she, you know, he tortured her, which is wrong. But uh-huh. she's also going, you know, I am kind of, I was kind of technically guilty. Um, yeah. So, it, and I'd like to think that kind of plays partly into why she stops him. Like, interesting. That is enough. I've never even considered that she might have been guilty. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. Because there's a possibility. Man. Maybe not. That's tr- maybe she's that's innocent. totally maybe she's on com- the table. Completely innocent. Yeah. But if she is guilty, I think that that makes the the last scene actually even more powerful with what she yeah. finally. Because her, her the last scene is just tremendous. But mm-hmm. but she stops it from going further, and Saeed refuses to bend, of course, when he says, I can, cannot admit to something I didn't do still. He's, his identity is still, he's holding tightly on to what he wants it to be. Mm-hmm. And we're at an impasse, basically. Yeah. And so he gets a break. They'll see him tomorrow. Yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Which <laughs> makes me think, how long was he in this room. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not really clear. Yeah. And, uh... I don't know, but that's pretty rough. And which, uh, which corner was the P corner? Um... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's important. That's unfortunate. Boy. <gasps> Poor Saeed. It's a rough time. And all because he just, you know, he's not the greatest chef. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Worst job interview ever. <laughs> so let's talk about this final scene of these flashbacks. This mm-hmm. really is a very, very well done scene. The story, oh, yeah. this writing is so, so cool. Um, mm-hmm. But what I love about it is the cat. So we need to focus on the cat for a second here and how she, how she talks about the cat. And of course, we're going to see the cat, a very similar looking cat on the island later. But she yeah. tells the story of this cat that was put in a box and tor- it showed, tortured while she did nothing and stood by mm-hmm. um, by these other people until finally she took action. And what I love about it is when I, I listen to that, I'm like, that's Nadia. That's the story of Nadia, essentially. Mm. It's like Saeed was torturing a bunch of, you know, he's there with his comrades. And then fine, he's, you know, he's all fine with being a soldier. Then suddenly there's this cat that they put in a box and they're putting fireworks down. Or they're, they're like, you're asking her to torture her. Mm. And finally he has to do something, basically. So it's kind of mirroring the, the story of solitary, kind of. Um, and I love that the fact the fact that they named the, the cat, you know, 
Mikael says the cat's name is Nadia later is a clear connection right there. Yeah. So that's a cool part of this. Yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, the whole the whole story and this is the other one of the other uh kind of guest actors on the episode this actress doing the um this whole monologue fantastic phenomenal yeah Mm -hmm. and it and it and the writing is great too but like just the idea that she's telling him you know um like she could sympathize with that cat you know because of what he had done to her and like she knew what it was like to be so afraid uh and and all of that and so like do me the decency of just admitting (laughs) what you've done um yeah so powerful and then um uh naveen andrews Mm -hmm. come on this is the emmy scene you know like the just like of course i remember you you know that whole thing that just like obviously he did something terrible um and it and it's awful but man it breaks your heart to see him there because he has to face the horrible thing that he has done you know like there's something about seeing him have to acknowledge you know i with my own hands did that to you and i'm sorry you know i've i've thought about it every day your face has always haunted me um and yeah, that's just a just a really powerful scene for sure. Yeah, um, it's this woman asking Amira, the character's name, asking mm-hmm. Saeed to basically. This is the this is the sacrifice you need to make to f- actually achieve free. This is the courage, basically, what Nadia was talking about. Kind yeah. of, you need to put a face to truly acknowledge the face of the person, the identity of the person, one of the people mm-hmm. you tortured um, and come full, confront that fully basically. And Saeed finally does it. He, he has the moment where he's finally has the courage to say, I'm so sorry. I did that to you to break down. Um, and then Amira's response, of course, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. And Saeed kind of going, why are you letting me go? And this, this line right here, it's Saeed confronting this strange almost this strange mercy it's similar to what i saw in collision with him and anna lucia where yeah amira is saying we are all capable of doing what those children did to this cat but i will not do that i will not be that um Mm. so she's she's doing it for herself is what she says here i Mm -hmm. and that line if you think about her being actually guilty of committing these crimes is actually more powerful because it's like she, Mm. she says I could continue to hold a grudge and I could continue to try to justify myself, but basically I'm not going to do that. I'm going to choose forgiveness instead. Mm -hmm. 
and she says she's doing it for herself, but in a way she's also showing Saeed a very incredible lesson about kind mm -hmm. of, you know, total depravity, basically. We are all mm -hmm. sinners. We all fall short. And in that there's actually kind of freedom because, mm -hmm. you know, if we, if we acknowledge that, then we realize we need salvation as mm -hmm. opposed to trying to continue to justify ourselves basically. So it's kind of a cool moment. Yeah. Looking at it from the different, like from the flip side. Yes. If you view her as I, as I always have, I've never even thought about the possibility of her being guilty. Yeah. But if you view her as innocent, there's an interesting part of this where, you know, if you think about kind of the rules that have been established, like rules in quotes of like, you know, uh, of an eye for an eye sort of thing. If she's innocent, it feels like everything they've done to Saeed is totally justified. Mm -hmm. And maybe Saeed deserves whatever her husband is about to bring to him. If she goes and says, you know, he admitted it, he's the guy, you know. And for her, who has, you know, every quote-unquote right to exact her vengeance on this guy, um, decides, no, I'm going to basically eat my own words and say to my husband, I made a mistake, you need to let this guy go. That's, that also is a strange mercy of saying... Mm -hmm. Like, she's almost taking on the responsibility of, like, you know, she has to tell her husband, you tortured the wrong guy. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that sort of thing. And then say, like, we have to let this guy go. You know, like, obviously, he, he tortured people, but he didn't torture me or whatever. Mm -hmm. And uh, that has always stuck with me as uh, being really powerful when Saeed says, why are you letting me go? Why would you let me go? You know, why would you let me go? Um, and the idea that she, no matter what, sees that there is the possibility to continue the cycle of violence and says, no, mm -hmm. today that ends. You know, like, uh, we're all capable of, of hurting the cat, but that's not what we're doing today. You know, we're, we're done with that now. So mm -hmm. I like that what you said, cycle of violence. I feel like that's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a live by the sword, die by the sword sort of thing. Um, yeah. And Saeed is confronted with someone actually, I think he's been living in that. He, he was, so he's living in that cycle as a, as a soldier. And then he tries to basically suppress that cycle. It comes back to him mm -hmm. full front. And it, then someone breaks it finally. I think what Saeed is seeing is that true freedom is not found in suppressing that. It's found in fully acknowledging it and then accepting forgiveness. And mm. that's the courage to then stop and repent, basically. Yeah. Will he repent is the question of mm -hmm. this type of life. And I feel like on the island, once again, we we're kind of, we see what the answer is and it's yeah. an interesting answer i feel like it's mm -hmm. kind of a 
does he really learn his lesson again? Yeah. So, yeah. I think that's the question of the episode that we will get to, but you know, the idea of uh, how, how did this scene, you know, how did this whole interaction change Saeed? Uh, and what does he think of when he sees that cat on the yes. island? <laughs> you yep. know? Yep. Yep. So that does it for these flashbacks, I think. So why don't we talk about the island stuff, but first let's take a break. And we will be right back with more See You in Another Life Brothers after this. Welcome back to See You in Another Life Brothers. And uh, hey, bro, I think you stop and eat. Mm. I only say that because that's the first line Saeed has in this episode. And I thought it was a very profound moment. <laughs> They're walking through the jungle and he says, we need to eat. And they stop. <laughs> How uh how different would you feel if uh Saeed his first line was my tummy is getting the rumblies we need to stop <laughs> you know <laughs> I would I would so love that <laughs> I think just a side thing like Saeed Naveen Andrews I feel like he is the funniest cast member on Lost I feel yeah like there's just not he's a weird guy I know he's mm-hmm. he got those he's just kind of an interesting dude but he has some of the best bloopers and things like that, especially when we're, we're going to talk about in a second. Where, oh yeah. But uh, I know the one you're talking about. I'm pretty yeah, sure. man, It's so good, but <laughs> yeah. So, so, good. so I would, yeah, I think, think of the classics. Like he, he's in the hatch and he comes up and he says, John, I can't quit you baby. Um, and stuff. Oh like yeah, that. that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> he's the best. So I would I, I I would not be surprising if there's a blooper of him saying my stomach is making the rumblies. <laughs> Do you ever? This is a, a side note, but just thinking of Naveen Andrews. Do you ever watch a Saeed episode and then just suddenly become aware, like you're just suddenly reminded of the fact that he has a British accent in real life? Yeah, it's very strange. Very he strange. Is, he is a tremendous actor because I. I almost never think about that. And today I just suddenly remembered that. I was like, dang it, this guy is good. He's good. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Impressive. But anyway, so we meet our intrepid explorers, our group of Saeed, Kate, Locke, and the French chick walking through the jungle. Still apparently, apparently... And this is the craziest thing about this whole episode. They've been following this crazy bald man's compass bearing for <laughs> two freaking days. Just without questioning it. It's like, and even Saeed's been doing that. <laughs> just, what? <laughs> My favorite part of that, though, is Luke or Locke's uh, first couple lines here when he's like, are we still on course? you know we're still heading on a very like are we still on course on course the gall you know and then i'm sensing a lack of confidence well what do you think john you know like john's in a whole other world (laughs) saeed and Locke are kind of like the the most polar opposites of basically i mean you think of Locke and jack usually but saeed and Locke, yeah just Sa- Saeed, ultra rational, like he says, 
I'm going to find some food because we need to eat. And then we're going to have a rational conversation about our next move. A rational one, John. <laughs> I like the look on John's yeah. face after he's like, all right, this isn't going to be fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they are uh, the proverbial odd couple, uh, Saeed and Locke. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, I mean, to take a step back and think about the fact, still, the fact, though, that uh, Locke was given that compass bearing, mm-hmm. if we interpret it this way, that there's actually a reason behind it. It's the monster continuing bringing Locke further and further um, mm-hmm. and trying to c- control him still. And so Saeed thinks it's just this random bearing that, for some reason, he's still for some reason he's still going along with, and I think it's kind of Saeed is a little bit. There's a there's a part of him, a part of him mm-hmm. that saw Walt back when he was with Shannon, right? That he's like, yeah. maybe there is something to all this like island stuff, but he's, you know, so that that's why he goes along with it, but he's not having it anymore. He's he's lost his patience, and then of course they stumble on Mike, Mikhail, and it's like. Hey, <laughs> what do you know? Yep. <laughs> this compass bearing led us right to uh, the perfect. <laughs> this is the others, you know? Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Love it. So Saeed sees the cow, sees Mikhail, sees the horse, sees the flame, sees the dish. And now it's like, we got to figure out what's going on here. So. Immediately, we see Saeed go into full-on soldier mode here. Full-on, like, this is reconnaissance. This is, like, we got to in- we got to infiltrate the enemy. And the best way to do that, I love it, he says, by making him think I'm unarmed. Like, I'm going to go and make him, this, we're, we are totally not unarmed. We're going to, you're going to protect me from the jungle. But at love. This plays into kind of subtly into the identity thing. Like he's a wolf in sheep's clothing, basically. And Saeed Mm. is taking on the identity of the, you know, the person who's innocent, but he's not really. Yeah. Yeah. And so Saeed approaches the house. Of course, we should mention Rousseau's line. Right. Oh yeah, I love she, I love yeah. that. Like when Rousseau is just like, you know, I've I've survived by <laughs> uh, avoiding stuff exactly like this. So I'll see those of you who survive. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I love that because it's just so cold blooded and matter of fact. Of like, this is why I'm still alive because I don't do stuff like this. <laughs> yeah, and she's got. I mean. Rousseau, for all of her flaws and everything, the fact that she's crazy, um, yeah. she's got a point here. Like, why are you inviting more of this conflict? I mean, this is what they've come for, obviously. They, they're get, mm-hmm. they're going to get their guy back. But just like, it's, doesn't, it's very antithetical to surviving here. Um, yeah. So she's out. Saeed's in. And Saeed's in complete control. He's got his keen powers of observation. We see him see the horse, analyze that saddle, 
you know, looking all yeah. around. He's fully aware of everything. And then he sees the cat. And mm-hmm. I love that, you know, that he stops and Saeed, the guy who's, oh, he, nothing phases him. He's suddenly phased by this cat. And that's when he gets shot. It's um, Saeed being confronted with something that he's like, could that really be that that cat looks so familiar? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like I just like the fact that Lost has this pattern for characters of through animals for whatever reason, you know, uh like Sawyer with the pig uh, or the uh, boar, you know, and then um Kate with the horse and everything. Yeah. Like being an animal and suddenly just being aware of what it signifies for their life. You know, I, I just think that's a really cool kind of trope that they use. Mm-hmm. I love how they keep bringing it back. Animals throughout the whole series. Just, uh, hmm. That's strange. Um, could it mean something? But, so, Mikael takes on, so we, we meet Mikael, by the way, mm-hmm. Eyepatch Man, finally. And, Immediately, he also assumes an identity of yeah. the Dharma man and play, tries to play. He plays it very convincingly, like I didn't cross the line. I live here. This is, you know, and everything. And you could you could very easily buy into it. He's playing it very well. And then Saeed, uh, not playing a role, but the line he says, "I'm not who you think I am." Once again. Oh, these lines yeah. about identity like he's he's trying to uh basically say i'm not i'm not the enemy i'm just a survivor of a plane crash when in a very real sense i think he know he it's it's layered because he's like i'm not who you think i am because i i because you're clearly just a dharma guy but i really know that you're <laughs> one of the others so it's like multi-layered just deception going on here it can make yep. your head spin it's kind of like a game of chess going on here. Yes. We're playing ah. chess while we're all playing checkers. Uh, but so they get Mikael disarmed by deceiving him, by making him think that they were unarmed. Mm-hmm. Locke goes in to do some reconnaissance. And then Mikael says, my name is Mikael Bakuni. I am the last living member of the Dharma Initiative. What? That's a that's a great uh line going into the commercial break. I yeah, just gotta cool. say, you know, it's just amazing. <laughs> yeah, I love it. First, it takes you back to the first time watching this because we take yeah. it for granted at this point that Mikhail's the others, but it's like, what, dude? We finally get to be a member of Dharma. That's that's so mm-hmm. cool, right? Yeah, and so. Mikael brings him in and gets to work, you know, binding that wound, which ugh, I'm watching this whole scene with the, just the close-ups of like, it's, it's visceral watching him put the tweezers in there. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Ow. But you, you can, you can get so distracted by that. And I, I do find myself getting distracted by just, you know, throughout this scene, we're seeing the flame and, you know, you're seeing, getting all these shots of everything and he's taking care of his wound. And then he's, he's telling about his life and you can kind of overlook that sort of like, this is just patter kind of to 
you know. Mm-hmm. But I think there's something really cool here. I don't know if you caught it. Mm. Where Mikhail's telling his story and he says, you know, he's saying that he was in the Russian military and everything. And after they lost the Cold War, his unit was decommissioned. And so he says, after years of conducting unpleasant actions against our enemies, I found myself wanting to do something good. So I Mm. replied to a newspaper advertisement, uh, would you like to save the world? It read. But that, that, that first part of it, that's Saeed, right? Yeah. After years of conducting unpleasant things against our enemies, I wanted to do something good. So Saeed became a chef. Mikhail joined the Dharma Initiative. Or so he says. Mm-hmm. Really, he joined the others, but the same thing, basically. So yeah. I love that there's that connection between the two of them. Mm-hmm. I've never thought about how how much of a connection there is uh, with them. I, I've always just thought of like, oh, they're they're both soldiers, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I didn't think about, yeah, um, that they they're guys with regrets about that, too. Mm-hmm. Um, the the part that has always stood out to me is that how cool that line is the would you like to save the world? Yeah, that that's apparently, you know, like, you know, obviously, like. Mikhail is lying like he's he's not a member of the Dharma Initiative but like that's the thing that you know uh what's his name in the hatch said to Desmond that they were doing is saving the world and Mm -hmm. there's just something cool about that that like apparently that's part of the Dharma brand (laughs) you know somehow that that was a phrase that they used because they viewed themselves as saving the world in some way so Mm -hmm. And that's also, I feel like, you know, because Mikhail later says, and I like to believe this is, you know, like what he says is true. Like when he refers, like Said says, was any of that that you told me true, basically? Mm. And he says, it was all true, except for the fact, of course, that I'm the others and I was never Dharma. But Mm -hmm. I like to believe that, would you like to say the world was also kind of, that's what the others were basically, that's, that's their recruiting. Um, and you could see that. Yeah. And so you think about it, both the others and the Dharma initiative, the hostiles and the Dharma people think they're trying to save the world. And then they, they come to blows with each other in their, in their attempts yeah. to save the world. Like it's that type, type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, are the, and, and, you know, one side annihilates the other. Um, but yes Mikael is you know he's trying to do something good he's trying to suppress his past basically he admits his past which is something more than Saeed in the flashbacks but still Mm -hmm. and yet he finds himself once again in that same cycle like you're saying that cycle of violence where he yeah, and Saeed also does now, as we see in these scenes here. They're both mm-hmm. still at war, basically. Yep. And so, other things to note about the scene: Mikhail tells Saeed that the purpose of the flame is to communicate with the outside world. That's pretty cool. Yeah, seems important. 
And uh, then Locke, uh, as we mentioned at the beginning, decides just to, hey, you know, stuff's going on out there, but I'm going to play chess. No. I'm just going to play some I love, computer chess. I love that he's, like, not paying any attention no. to the conversation they're having in the other room. He's just like, eh, there's a game on this computer. That's cool. <laughs> well, what they're com- we're talking about over there is all very rational. Locke is about fate, and this computer game, once again, a computer is his fate, right? <laughs> this is, ah. this is it. That last computer wasn't good, but this one, this is it right here, right? Gosh, that's such a good point. Like, <laughs> <laughs> gee, John, the last computer worked out so well for you. Yeah, and then that, that, uh, the scene where Mikhail comes in and he's like, uh, that computer, yeah, I wouldn't bother with it. The computer cheats. And Locke's like, I play with a lot of computers and I'm pretty sure none of them know how to cheat. That's what makes being human so distinctly wonderful, which plays into the theme of, you know, people are, people have this dark side. They're all capable of doing terrible things. But also, yeah, that's true. but also Locke, Locke, the other computer was also kind of really cheating because it was robbing you of so much time. Uh. <laughs> right. It's like, just, Pressing a button over and over again. Yeah. Wonderfully naive lock. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's he's he can't see it, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Is this, by the way, just another thing about this scene, but when they're they're talking about the you know, what happened to the Dharma initiative and all yes. that, and he says, you know, they they were wiped out, you know, by the purge mm-hmm. and all that stuff. That's like the first time we've heard about the purge, right? Yeah. Which yeah, is this is all news. Like, I love, you know, in retrospect, it's fun to watch this episode and be like, they dumped a ton of exposition on us here, which must have felt like, I mean, like by the end of the episode, you still don't feel like we've got. It feels like they've opened up a bunch more mysteries too. Obviously, they always kind of do that, but like. Yeah. After last week's episode of the, you know, the van and everything, all of a sudden they're just like, here is the Dharma initiative, you know, and all that, which is kind mm-hmm. of fun. Yeah, this episode is a masterclass in show don't tell in a way. Yeah, it's, it's a masterclass. Well, it's a masterclass in how to do exposition while also while not sacrificing character. Um, yeah, because it's still a great Saeed episode. And it's mm-hmm. not weighed down at all by the fact that we got this whole new Dharma station and we got all this stuff going on, but it's all seamlessly woven in there. Um, yeah. And it's fun, you know, it's like, well, well this is yeah, a crazy station. It, it is. Mm-hmm. It's like, you just imagine what the station was, you know, like in the seventies. I wonder if I'll ever get to see that. Um, I think we did. Right. But mm. yeah. So they, they open up a lot of stuff like you're saying. But, uh, and the purge, yeah, and stuff, and and they, <laughs> it's also, is any of this true? Um, so yeah, the, the whole unreliable time, narrator. Like, yes, exactly. You're you're wondering the whole thing, but mm-hmm. I think the the line that I hadn't really thought about very much before, but that I just like really like as kind of a haunting, strange, mysterious line is when he says at the end of the scene you know uh Saeed says who are they these hostiles and he says I 
do not know, but they were here a long time before we were a very mm. long time. Mm. That's such a good spooky sort of like they are even more mysterious than we are, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who are they? Yeah, it's crazy. And so we all, so other things, we also find out that Mikhail's cat's name is Nadia. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Fun stuff. Named after Nadia Comaneci, the greatest athlete the world has ever known. He also shares her birthday. This is just more fun, fun stuff to learn. Yeah. All yeah. the info we need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then this scene, this part where Mikhail says, okay, I'll go check on your friend and then I'll go get some iced tea. It's all going to be fine. And then just, I love Kate, Kate's perspective here where she's yes. like, so... All good, right, Saeed? And Saeed's like, no, I figured everything out, Kate. (laughs) It's like, I'm about to blow your mind. We are not alone. He is one of them. Everything's horrible. And Kate's like, why? 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 This is awful. (laughs) Yeah. What's going on? I love that, like, the... The way Saeed delivers the line, there are a couple lines in this episode that I just love the way they're delivered. And one of them is when he says, you know, she's like, why are we still sitting here? Like, that's that's great, too. I mean, Evangeline Lily is great. But Naveen mm-hmm. Andrews, where he's like, we're here, Kate, because I am certain he is not alone. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Terrifying, but awesome. <laughs> and when he says he is one of them, it mm-hmm. reminded me of another Saeed episode which was also titled one of them uh, interestingly enough where Saeed that is kind of the 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 central line of the whole episode of course um and as we pointed out in that episode one of them kind of refer doesn't just refer to that he's the others he he is one of those who can call it like just be evil without any remorse for it basically um And so Saeed is channeling all of that into this line. But what's interesting is in this context of this episode, him saying he is one of them, it's also sort of reflected back on Saeed because, mm-hmm. you know, as we just saw, Mikael is very much like Saeed, but yet yeah. he's still trying to other make him an other Uh so yeah it i think we we see more of that as the episode continues here yeah yeah i love i love the connection to one of them that's really that's really cool saeed has a impeccable uh way of identifying like oh yeah that's that sort of person you know and um Mm -hmm. and just being a good lie detector for sure Mm -hmm. and so mikhail brings back the iced tea they all sit down and have a nice little, you know, fun little time. Kate has that line that always just, I don't know why, it kind of <laughs> sticks out to me. You, you know how long it's been since we saw Ice? Since we've seen Ice? Just kind of like, oh, gosh, golly. We're all friends now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that line always, for me, kind of stands out, too. It, there's yeah. just something about it. It's just like, what? what? It's not bad. She doesn't no. deliver it badly. I don't know why it just stands out. <laughs> well, it's because, and I think it, you know, 
it, it's it's perfect for this scene because it feels off because it should feel off because yeah. the tension is starting to rise. Um, and it builds to the point where, you know, Saeed finally says, and once again uses that phrase, at least we were able to kill one of them. Uh-huh. Like, we hate you. We hate your guts, basically, <laughs> is what we're saying here. Mm-hmm. And then Mikael's line, why are we continuing to play this little game? We all know it's moved on to the next stage. Um, that, a- <laughs> that's the one that I always remember as like the, the most epic line delivery in the episode to me is just, mm-hmm. yeah, the way he's like, well, we all know it has moved. <laughs> you know, like it's just so good. But the fact that he calls it a little game yeah, um, makes me think of the fact that Locke's in the other room playing a game for one mm-hmm. thing, but also the fact that, okay, the game is being kind to one another and showing mercy to one another and treating each other's wounds and, you know, oh, giving each other yeah. iced tea. Reality for them is the war is like we're the, the game is, ah, oh, this is fun for a little while, but then, you know, what really the truth is that we're, we are opposing forces. We're like two ends of a magnet that cannot, we're just going to butt um, up against each other. Um, mm-hmm. and yeah, and, and Saeed is fully on board with the game too, obviously. And so is Kate and they just come crashing down on each other. Mikael throws, uh, the tea that he grew himself and everything. He put so much effort into that tea. Mikael, just your tea. Savage. Oh man. And then, yeah. And the, on the, on that bandage and the, and the stitches that he just, yeah. <laughs> oh that's, man. Oh man. That part of this, this action scene where Saeed's has to kick some butt while wounded, just like crazy. Hope those stitches yep. are okay. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so they fight, they kick butt, it goes on for a little while. They finally su- subdue him, and then <laughs> John's here. Hey guys, I'm here. <laughs> The comedic timing of it is it's unbelievable. So, it's so good. It's like, and I, I, I want to just imagine what was going on while he was playing. Like, he, he hears it all going on outside, but he's like, he's like, oh, wait a second, got to make my move. Where's my gun? He's kind of like, <laughs> just stalling as long as he can before he comes out. Yeah. Yeah, I, I also like to imagine him sitting there and just, yeah, like. Uh, oh shoot! Where's my gun? What? Oh gosh! What am I doing here? Oh, uh, uh, rook to rook to Eva. Oh, who am I kidding? I can't keep uh, this <laughs> game though. <laughs> I love you, John. Never change. Lock is the best. <laughs> but he comes out just in time to get some rope. Get some yeah. rope. That's a yeah. But uh, that brings us to. One of my favorite moments of the episode uh, where they're, you know, they've subdued Mikael and then mm-hmm. Saeed's like, so they got to be somewhere around here. Uh, there's there's another person and Locke's mm-hmm. like, I've looked at every nook and cranny and Saeed says, not every nook and cranny, John. Which is, you know, it's fun. You know, he pull, yeah. pulls out the rug and it's cool. It's like, oh, there's a trap door. Sweet. 
but the blooper, right? Is amazing. <laughs> so good. If if you're listening out here and you haven't seen this, go. I'm sure it's on YouTube or the DVD it set. It is. I found it today. Yeah, it's on there. <laughs> Not every nook and cranny, John. <laughs> Just the most. It's, it's perfect because I think, uh, like, the clip that they do it, it's the camera is only on John and, uh, uh, or Terry O'Quinn and Evangeline Lilly. So it's like Naveen Andrews has his back to the camera. So like, obviously they're only filming the other two's reactions. So it doesn't really matter what he does because then, mm-hmm. you know, it's just the clip for them. But yeah. So then he just, not every nook and cranny, John. <laughs> he just really hams it up for that just one take. The best, the best <laughs> king of bloopers. Naveen Andrews is a king of bloopers. Yes. It's official. But yeah, so great moment. We find the trap door. And so uh, they have to decide who's going to go down and who is going to stay up to watch Mikhail. So it's got to be the, the person we got to leave up there has got to be one who's totally focused on guarding this guy and is not going to get distracted by anything, who's been here this whole time <laughs> and has been committed to this. Who should we leave up here? I know. Let's leave the guy who was playing chess while we were kicking this guy's butt. <laughs> ja- I, I like to imagine the the scene we didn't get with Saeed saying to Locke, okay, Locke, but you can't go play that game. You Don't can't play, play game. your games, John. You can't. Game, you know, John. <laughs> you can play your game later, but not now. Mm-hmm. But John loves games. We established that. He's a game man. That's so. true. And we, we can joke about it. But at the same time, I think the fact that, you know, he, he has to go play the game is, you know, further testifies to John. John feels like this is meant to be. And when he when he feels like something is destiny, like playing the game that chess game, for some reason he feels like this means something. This is important. Nothing's yeah. going to get between him and that. So he's that's why he goes for it. And I think he feels vindicated when he manages to win and achieve manual override, which is nuts. <laughs> I, I love that Terry O'Quinn his performance here when he, he achieves it, and you know he's so happy, and then all of a sudden, like yeah. What the what the heck? <laughs> Wait a minute. What? <laughs> it's got. I mean, you just imagine yourself in that situation. Like suddenly, you achieve manual override, and it's like you can c- communicate with the mainland. Okay, this is cool. I, Didn't expect this today. Okay, but can you just take a second and appreciate how bonkers the Dharma yeah. people were in the fact that they like made winning the chess game manual override and then later on we'll learn that the way to um do the whole thing in the i don't remember in the looking glass is to play a song yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's like these people were nuts i love it it's the 70s man everyone was high on the weed right (laughs) yeah exactly yeah yep but uh we get these series of instructions by pierre chang uh, or Marvin Candle, or whatever his name is, and uh, 
the the line has there been an incursion on the station by the hostiles if so enter 77 is a kind of a fascinating thing fascinating when you think about the fact that they chose to name this episode enter 77 i want yeah to kind of unpack that as we go because i you know when we see what what happens when you enter 77 it's kind of interesting but mm-hmm. it's an interesting choice to name this enter 77 i you think about what else could they have named it there's probably other opportun- other things but i think there's a there's a meaning behind that other than just the fact that you know it's kind of a winky wink sort of thing to what happens in the episode mhm yeah it's interesting because it's 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 not what Saeed would choose to do and it's a Saeed episode and it's yeah. kind of interesting that Enter 7-7 kind of blows up you know literally Saeed's plans in a way you know mm-hmm. like it uh that's not what Saeed would choose but Saeed has to keep going yeah. um yeah there's kind of an yeah it's it's a it's a good title I like it it is good we'll get back to that in a minute First, I want to uh, acknowledge the fact that if you were going down into a dark basement that's lined with C4, um, mm-hmm. kind of creepy and everything, who's the one character that you would not want to meet down there? Uh, the creepiest um, character in this whole series. Probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm struggling to think of anyone worse than who they find. No. <laughs> This this lady, Miss Clues down there, just like okay. I when Maybe. when I was watching it this past week, I literally you know they kind of obscure her face until she turns around and Kate's like it's you you know, and literally when she showed up, I I suddenly was like wait, oh yeah, she showed up again. Like yeah. I had completely forgotten she was even in the series ever again. Mm-hmm. And this is <clears throat> her big finale, basically, because, you know, yep. they, they subdue her, bring her up. And this, this crazy scene, that's like, uh, <clears throat> just like the ultimate showdown, I think of, you know, char- the old cliche of characters holding guns at each other, like, ah! everyone's going oh, crazy. Yeah. That's what this feels like. It's like everyone's yelling. Um, and the fact, and we, you know, you can overlook this, this kind of gets lost in the episode, that Miss Clue straight up sacrifices herself for the other's cause, basically. Like, kill me. Yeah. And I'm like, that's, that's, such, that's so insane. But it, it, the reason I think they did that here was because it it emphasizes the fact that these are soldiers like uh, like Mikhail and Clue are on one side and Saeed and them are on the other side this is a war basically mm-hmm. and in a war you're fully committed to the cause to the point of death basically mm-hmm. and so and the fact that they speak to each other in Russian too kind of calls back that the uh, fact that Mikhail was the Russian soldier and this is the type of thing that he might have had to do in a you know in a war situation at the, I mean, crazy, and the the fact that he's willing to do it it's like they've talked about this already. If we're ever captured, you kill me basically. Mm-hmm. It's just crazy. 
Yeah. Yeah, it it makes me think that they they're willing to yeah, like lose a battle in order to win the war. You know, mm-hmm. like they they accept that like today we're we've been defeated by these guys. We're out we're out gunned, you know. <laughs> um but uh in order to preserve uh the future like we we're gonna sacrifice one of us you know yeah um yeah it's but yeah it's insane that like they're they are true believers in in the island and the others and all of that stuff uh yeah it's just kind of crazy and you think it's a sacrifice but you also as you're watching this and you know the whole series and the fact mm-hmm. that, you know, Mikael shoots her and then he's like, so Saeed's like, finish it, you know, kill me. Yeah. And she think, but wait, we know this guy, obviously, for some reason, he can't die. <laughs> for whatever so, reason. <laughs> it makes me kind of think, is Clue the same way? And they never bring her back, of course, in the whole series, but you could kind of mm-hmm. wonder about that too. Like, for some reason, both of these characters you can't kill him and so yeah it's not even a sacrifice for him it's just like oh just shoot me i don't really care because i'm gonna come back yeah i don't know (laughs) that's another way to think about it too and that might have been that might have been what he expected to happen too like if he shoots her then they'll shoot him and then they'll leave him and he'll be able to resurrect or something i don't know i don't know how he keeps (laughs) showing up but yeah (laughs) one of those crazy unanswered mysteries that i'm totally fine with i love it (laughs) yeah there there are a few things like that where i'm just like you know what i love it because dramatically it's very fun (laughs) it is fun but the other thing coming back to saeed's perspective the fact that he does not kill mikhail yeah keeps him alive um you can look at it from a very rational perspective and i think the ultimately saeed's looking at it like we we need him as our kind of a hostage but is there something else there too that relates to these flashbacks mm-hmm. perhaps as well yeah it's kind of left ambiguous intentionally Mm-hmm. yeah yeah i like the idea of of saeed being reminded by you know the cat and all of that sort of stuff mm-hmm. like that this these memories that we're seeing you know sometimes we always talk about like are the characters remembering the flashbacks at the time of this episode and everything i like to think that at this moment when he's looking at Mikhail, especially you know like even moving into the scene yeah, where he's questioning scene. him and everything um I, I like to think that he is at least in some sense being reminded of that scene with uh, the woman and the cat and mm-hmm. um, being faced with this mercy uh, and a person choosing to end this cycle of violence, you know, like we've been saying. Yeah. Um, and I like to think that plays into his decision here in some way. But at the same time, he says, you know, he's he's our prisoner. You know, like, we're going to keep him and everything. And mm-hmm. um, 
and so obviously he's not done with him. Uh, so yeah, it's left a little bit open-ended. Yeah. Yeah. This scene is fascinating when they're talking, just some details in there that you kind of feel like if you watch it, you can kind of feel like they're extraneous sort of not important, but the fact Mm -hmm. that Saeed says, um, were you ever a member of the Dharma initiative or was what you said a lie? And Mikhail says, I was never a member, but everything else I told you was true. That's important because it, it, you know, he told him his story, basically. Saeed yeah. knows who Mikhail truly is, um, but he still can't bring himself to relate to him because they're on these opposing sides. The other thing is Saeed says, they bring up the purge again, and Saeed says, the purge in which a group of scientists attack your people. And Mikhail says, believe what you want, but that's, that is what happened. Which is not, that's, <laughs> I love from yeah. the whole perspective of the series. We know that's not what happened. So Mikhail is also still, we see both on both sides, Saeed is still holding on to his soldier perspective. Mikhail is still holding on to, my side's right. My side's right. My side's right. My side's right. Um, yeah. And they can't see eye to eye. So that's why the fact that, like you're saying, he's, he's still his prisoner at the end here. Um, mm-hmm. He still hasn't quite overcome that sort of cycle of violence mentality, kind of. Which, it's hard to, because you're in the middle of all this craziness with the others, so he's not mm-hmm. fully... It's They're reacting to each other, these two groups that are just completely opposed. Still. Yeah. And of course the line, there will come a time when you let your guard down. And when it is, I will not hesitate before killing you. It's kind of hard to be friends with the guy. <laughs> That's what's going on. Yeah. And I love, again, kind of uh, bookending Rousseau in this episode. She's like, he's making a great point, you know? Yeah. Um, Like how earlier she was like, this is how you survive by avoiding this. And now she's like, this is how you survive. Kill this guy, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Saeed says, no, he's my prisoner. I will decide his fate. Um, and so that brings us to the moment where John comes out. And <laughs> I just love the line. <laughs> now I know why you didn't want me to win that game. Kind of just, he's smiling as he says it. <laughs> just like, and Mikhail's just like, oh my gosh, he actually did it. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> you didn't i think he actually mikhail's probably counting on he's like yeah we need to destroy it so i'll just let the bald guy do it um he's gonna take it out yeah i i love uh saeed meaning what and then it explodes immediately <laughs> like that it, again the comedic timing of it <laughs> and he says what are you doing john or what have you done john yeah. um that was our one way of communicating with the outside world. Um, and Locke's line, the computer said, if there was an incursion by the hostiles, I should enter 7-7. So I entered 7-7. And this is why I love the title, Enter 7-7. Mm. Who, incur- who, who was invading the station? 
Mm. They were. Interesting. They're the hostiles. Like, mm. that's what it's saying about the... That, that's kind of the... That's what... I, I might be kind of working this around, but the, the thing I think why I love it's called Enter 7-7 is basically mm-hmm. Locke does the ultimate thing of, like, unknowingly sort of slaps some sense into everyone. Like this is this is how it ends like when we're adamantly opposed one it ends in an explosion enter seven seven mm-hmm. so it's a cautionary thing but we're, it's also like look at yourselves in the mirror for a second you guys basically invaded this station and you know <laughs> yeah you're becoming the hostiles basically kind of that's interesting do do you okay taking into account what Locke does later, do you think Locke in this scene, to me, in a way, this is foreshadowing him wanting to make sure they're not able to leave the island sort of thing. There's also that. You know, because it's like, this is a communication station or whatever, so he's like, no chance of using it. We need to just blow it up. I think that's also, I think that that's really Locke's motivation, ultimately. Mm-hmm. I think unknowingly, he he ironically made a kind of a, a statement about what they're doing there. That's kind of like the writers sort of like wink, wink, nudge, nudge sort of thing. Yeah. They're the hostiles and they blew up the station. Um, mm-hmm. But in reality, Locke's motivation is that I just, he ultimately says, I need to enter seven. He didn't know it was going to blow up the station because he didn't know about the C4. Right. But, but still... I think he's glad he did. That's why he comes out and he's smiling, kind of like, now I know why you didn't want me to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad I did. (laughs) Yeah. One less thing, one less way to get off the island. Yeah. Yeah, I think no matter what, he assumed it would be something that would sabotage communications because, like, certainly that's got to be, you know, like, implied in there. Like, if if they've taken over this station, enter seven, seven kind of implies a self-destruct of some kind, you know, like even if it's just making it inoperable or whatever, but yeah, for sure. So Locke blows it sky high. Everyone's kind of pissed at Locke. When they get up. <laughs> now we're going to take off. And this last moment where Saeed turns and sees mm. this cat, and there's nothing spoken. But I love the close up on the cat where you see the eyes are kind of watery, like it's mm. almost like the cat is crying. Um, yeah. And then you look back at Saeed, and Saeed looks at the cat, and his response I see the way I see it is defiant, mm. like he has not, he has refused to relinquish this thing he's holding on to, basically. Yeah. So he looks at it, kind of just defiantly walks away. And so even though in the flashback, he had the moment of strange mercy on the island, he has refused the mercy and he still has a long way to go, basically, is kind of the moral Mm -hmm. of the story. Yeah, I think you're right. I think there's there's something about the way he responds to seeing the cat, which is like um, the that time is not now you know the time to be merciful is not now Mm. i i'm back in the war (laughs) you know that sort of thing like 
I need to be a soldier now uh, again. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I feel like that's, and I, I like that it's not explicitly stated, but um, we just get to see him react and move on and that's the end. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's an ambiguous thing, but I think it feels pretty clear that he's uh, he's not in the same place he was the last time he saw a cat like that, you know? So Yeah. I'm going to continue to be a soldier no matter how many cats I have to put in boxes and throw fireworks at along the way, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, he's... Yeah. You know, innocent people might get hurt, but it's all in the it's all for the maybe the greater good. I don't know. Another mm. second episode, but man, yeah, getting them all in there, getting them all in there. I think we we covered them, covered the full spectrum of Saeed. So, well, I think that about covers it for our good friend Saeed, the MVP. He had some mo- he had his up moments, his down moments, and. uh no, I don't think he's fully achieved season two dominance, but eh, I'll give him a solid C plus. Uh, that's that's high praise. Yeah, yeah. I, it's it's not quite at the level of season two, but he's back. He's back in it, which I like to see for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that just about does it with Hunter Seven Seven. Oh wait, we got to play ping pong. <laughs> a very silly b story <laughs> there's another there's a wait hold, hold on a second they play ping pong in this episode <laughs> all right well i guess we're gonna do that but uh, <laughs> why don't we take a break and then we will talk about that after this welcome back to see you in another life brothers and so We've come to the most important part of Enter 7 7. Mm-hmm. Crucial B story, as you mentioned. So, if you were stranded on a desert island and a hatch exploded and you found parts of a ping pong table in the jungle, mm-hmm. totally do this, right? You totally set it up, obviously. And, oh, uh, of course. I mean, what? <laughs> you gotta. What I love about this, though, just actually to make a point. <laughs> Interestingly enough, this kind of does relate to Trisha Tanaka is dead in that previously in that episode, we saw Curly saying, hey, guys, let's have some fun and start a car. And everyone's like, nah, but here, mm-hmm. hey, everyone, let's have some fun and do a ping pong table. And they're they're kind of into it now. And I think it's because Hurley managed to, you know, bring Jin and Charlie over to his side now that it's kind of spreading to everyone else, perhaps. You can kind yeah. of read a little bit, even though Sawyer's still kind of being a curmudgeon over here, but even he, even he wants to play because he grabs the ball, so. Yeah, I do like that, for sure. The The thing that's uh, funny to me about, I mean, like, it's kind of a funny storyline, but what's funny to me is that we open the episode with this. Yes. And the opening scene of the episode it just feels like a an interesting choice i wouldn't say it's a bad choice but it's just interesting that it begins with sawyer walking and seeming kind of lonesome and the music that's playing is sawyer's theme where it's like Mm -hmm. this kind of dun dun you know 
and then he sees them carrying a ping pong table out of the jungle and the music is like continuing underneath this and it feels like it should be more like a like a dark scene or something mm-hmm. but it's them carrying a ping pong table and <laughs> Sawyer being kind of lonely and it's just I think it I think what saves it is the trajectory of the story is you know it on a on its surface it looks like a fun story and it is yes uh from one perspective but ultimately this is about Sawyer being sad yes um in a way you know and not knowing how to relate to other people um so that's why I think it works but it is a funny choice to begin the episode the way they do and especially with the music cue Mm-hmm. absolutely yeah i I agree like it's it's sawyer's in a weird way this is kind of kind of a, a sawyer episode um in the fact that he so we diagnose two very true things about sawyer one he's still hung up on kate yeah and two the stuff is sort of a crutch like we as we've seen throughout he's like he sees these people having fun together, but he's he's looking and he's like, I just want my stuff, basically. Like, I, I can't. Yeah. I'm Sawyer. I need to just hur- huddle down, get my guns and ammo and just, you know, sit down there. Um, mm-hmm. That and uh, Paulo, uh, I hope he used the toilet paper and not the guns and ammo. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. Paulo. Paulo stinks. This guy. But we we do share things now, so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this... So we established that in the first scene. In the next scene, I just... I love the moment where Sawyer comes over and he's talking to him and uh, he's talking about his stuff that he wants it back and he says... And Nikki's like, it was never yours to begin with. And he says, A, it was mine when I took it. And B, who the hell are you? Yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> I love that recurring thing that Sawyer says that we're all thinking. And we're like, why are these two characters here? And the writers kind of redeem themselves there. Like, at least we can kind of wink at it and say, yeah, we know. We know. <laughs> like, Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> I I feel like... uh rarely i i think i've only ever seen it work when a grumpy character says to a character who the audience doesn't know well who the heck are you you know like yeah. it mm-hmm. it always makes me laugh <laughs> yeah it is good but um sawyer has the ping pong ball he challenges them to the match and then to get his stuff back and son and jin raise the stakes no nicknames, which I love because it's weirdly ties into the whole theme of the episode, which is identity, uh, which is a main thing. Yeah. It's like, we want you to actually refer to us by our true name, Sawyer, as opposed to these identities that you've thrust upon us. But mm. uh, So the stakes have never been higher. <laughs> That's really true. I, I really like that the fact that it ties into a kind of a theme for the for the full episode and it's also just like everyone that's something that everyone can kind of enjoy 
Sawyer being having one of his hands tied behind his back, essentially not being able to mm-hmm. uh, use any nicknames for a bit. Yeah. And so that brings us to the match. And something I just noticed that I think is pretty freaking cool. Hurley, you know, we find out Hurley's the challenger. Mm-hmm. And what Hurley wants is a mercy rule. Yeah, that's true. And we're just, we're talking about mercy is kind of like a big part of this episode, like Saeed and experience. And so Hurley is the one who brings up mercy. Everyone is out for blood. Everyone around the table, like they want him to just kick his butt basically. But mm-hmm. Hurley wants there to be mercy because he knows what's about to happen. And yeah. I think that's, that's why Hurley's just the absolute best. But um, that's just cool. We're talking here. Yeah. Uh, two things I want to say about just this uh, whole scene with them beginning there. Yeah. Grimace. That's a great. Uh, oh, I didn't, <laughs> that's a great didn't nickname. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. Uh. So Sawyer's getting one last good one in. Um. Mm-hmm. But also, um, I just really love the fact that Hurley doesn't um uh uh like hustle you know uh sawyer like he doesn't trick him in any way like he kind of puts it out front from the beginning like uh so uh if one of us was to get way ahead of the other you know like he's truly asking because he doesn't want to he just wants to be able to end it you know Mm -hmm. um but like hurley does nothing to disguise the fact that he's really good at ping pong <laughs> yeah and i think that's just really fun the fact that sawyer doesn't even consider that he might be a challenge mm-hmm. and it speaks to sawyer as the guy who can sum people up so well as the con man and he's shocked mm. to find out that hurley this thing about hurley's identity it speaks to you know you don't know everything sawyer yeah and so the final scene which i love where hurley you know hurley kicks his butt and then he comes back and he gives him his stuff. And he says, I came to give you some of your stuff because I know you're the kind of guy that needs stuff. Yeah. That your identity. I, I Hurley actually sees Sawyer. Like what we're talking about with when uh, the Amira or whatever her name was, she says, I just want you to acknowledge me basically. It's kind of like that here where Hurley's like, I acknowledge you, Sawyer. And then he says, she'll be okay, dude. Kate, I know you're worried about her, like identifying that too, sort of. Sawyer, he just basically empathized with you. This Uh guy, Hurley, who you you torment so much. Um, He's trying to help him. And Mm -hmm. Sawyer, of course, is still not having any of it, but it's it's just a cool moment. Yeah. Yeah, there's something cool about the idea of Sawyer's punishment is he has to call everyone by their actual name. Yes. Um and he's always putting up uh he he doesn't even go by his own real name, you know, Sawyer. Um uh so he's always got a facade up and here at the end Hurley comes up to Sawyer and says you know, 
I see you and I know you and I know that you could use some belongings. You know, I know that you need to just own something. Um, kind of pushing past the facade in a way of saying, you know, you're the you're the kind of guy who needs something, I guess, you know. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's a that's a really cool moment. Um, mm-hmm. and of course Sawyer is still on his on his journey of growing as a person, so he has to uh say get bent, Hugo. You know, of course. Uh, <laughs> but I love how it's this is the beginning of really Hurley kind of sort of it's a short term thing, but he comes becomes kind of a mentor for Sawyer to kind of help him. That's take true. The lead, I kind of right? forgot about that. Yeah. This kind of starts it. Um I like that. It's it's Hurley stepping into what he does best, as Ben Linus puts it, helping people. Yeah. Uh it's very cool. Definitely. And that's why Lost is the best. A B story about ping pong is has depth and connects to the main theme very well and makes actually interesting points about it along the way. Mm-hmm. Gosh dang it. Lost is so good. So good. And I think Hunter 7-7 overall, I was thinking about how how I would like put this in like the it, it's one that kind of gets overshadowed. It's in the mid right in the middle of season three, but I mean it could make like a top I, I think it's in the top half of the episodes in season three yeah. for sure. I don't know if it's top five, but mm-hmm. overall, very solid. Very solid episode. Yeah, that's how I would say it. Like I would say like when I was when I was watching it this week, uh, I kind of felt like at the end, it feels to me when you get to the end of like a really solid B movie, you know, where it's like, it's not, it's not anything, you know, I'm not going to go see it again in the theater or something, but you know, when it just satisfies you and did everything it needed to do and, and was solid in every way, that's great. And I feel like that's what this episode is to me where it's like, it's, there's nothing bad about it. No. But I wouldn't say it's like top tier. You know, it's just a really sure. great episode, you know? Really solid. Really solid. Yep. Yeah. And so that wraps it up for this one. Next time, we're moving on to a French title, Par Avion. I believe that's French. Oh, yeah. I think you're right. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to talk about a character who wasn't even in this episode and hasn't really been very in much many episodes this season. Yeah. Claire. What's Claire been up to this whole time? Taking care of a baby. That's important. But she has yep. an interesting idea next episode, and uh, we're going to have to talk about it and what's going on with that. So it's a fun one. I, I am truly... My mind is truly blank about what... Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the next episode even has in it i want um, you to come come into it with no no preconceived notions because i think that's going to be, be the best because it's it's, yeah. it's it's one of those episodes that uh has a few uh strange twists yeah for sure i'm excited yep all right <clears throat> and so stay tuned that's going to be next time but for this time thanks so much for talking lost with me bro always a grand old time yeah thank you and thanks everyone for listening um you are the lifeblood of this show i don't know what i'd do without you i'm sorry i'm getting emotional we do it for the fans we do it for the fans we do it for all of you i'm sorry i i'll 
I'll pull myself together. Get a hold of yourself, man. Get a hold of myself. I'm going to slap myself. Ah, get a hold of yourself. Um, but anyway, so I guess all that's left to say, as always, is we will see you in another episode. Brothers. Bye. Goodbye.